This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to, let's call it an abridged version of the TSN MMA Show. We will have a full show up tomorrow uh, with myself, Shane Burgos, and uh, Robin Black. I'm having Robin Black on tomorrow to discuss whether it's fair to call a fight for I thought it would be an interesting topic to discuss after the main event of UFC Fight Night in Sao Paulo. But we're going to go across the pond to London, England, where uh, Joe Gianetti, who was a finalist on The Ultimate Fighter Season 27, the undefeated season, uh, was expected to take on Patty Pimblett at Cage Warriors 111, uh, which is taking place tomorrow night in London, England. And um, it's a great card, actually, headlined by uh, James Webb and Natias Frederick. Mads Burnell, former uh, UFC fighter on the card as well. And um, a very, very stacked card for uh, Cage Warriors to finish out the year. Uh, but one fight that fell off, unfortunately, was uh, Joe Gianetti, who I, I just mentioned, missing weight uh, against Patty Pimblett. Now, usually when a fighter misses weight, uh, they, they get a lot of criticism. And a lot of that time, I can understand the criticism. And while a lot of the people hurling said criticism have never cut weight, you know, I fast for a Jewish holiday every year, and it sucks. And it's, it's whatever, 28 hours without food or water. And uh, I feel like garbage at the end of that. I can't imagine these fighters that are actually monitoring their weight, making sure that they're going to be at a certain weight. Um, but again, if somebody has a full fight camp, they step on the scale, they miss weight. I think that there is fair criticism that they perhaps could have come into fight week weighing a little bit less or monitored a little bit better. This is a different circumstance, in my opinion where you have a fighter in the U.S. taking a fight on nine days' notice and missing weight after traveling to another continent uh, as a result of that. I think that if you sign to fight somebody who you know is coming in on short notice from another continent, you have to be realistic and know that there is a good shot that they are going to miss weight. Now, whether or not they accept the fight, whatever, the ball's in their court, and Patty Pimblett decided not to accept the fight, and I get that, and that's fine. However... When I see people online throwing shade at Joe Gianetti for missing weight without really hearing the full story, even though Joe did outline that he showed up, sorry, when he accepted the fight, he was 184 pounds. He needs to cut to 156 pounds, which is dreadful. I mean, think of what percentage of your body weight that is. It's about, what, 25% of your body weight, something along those lines. To cut that in the course of a week while you're traveling, you're getting your passport, you're getting all your visa information, all that stuff. Um, on top of some other things that Joe will explain in this interview, it's a, it's a tall task. And I think that unless you're fighting up a weight class from where you usually fight, which Joe was not, Joe's you know, fighting at 155 for all of his fights, I think that you have to listen to what they went through and maybe keep that in mind when you're thinking about whether you want to call someone unprofessional or not. That, that's, that's the reason why I wanted to speak to Joe Gianetti. I think that this is a, a, a certainly a weird circumstance where... A fighter's facing a big-name opponent. Patty Pimblett in the U.K. is a big name. He's one of the biggest names in Cage Warrior, if not the biggest name in Cage Warriors. And for this fight to fall off, especially when Pimblett hasn't fought in over a year, um, it's, it's very tough for those who have bought tickets. It's tough for the promoter. It's tough for Joe, who's traveled, uh, to an, again, a different continent. It's tough on Patty, because Patty, I'm sure, wants to get in there. He hasn't been in there in a while, and he hasn't been super active. If you look at the last uh, couple years of Patty's career... He faces Nad Naramani in 2017. He faces uh, Alex Savitas and Soren Bach in 2018. Soren, by the way, making his Bellator debut this uh, this weekend. And uh, 
he is expected to face Joe Giannetti more than a year later at this event. However, again, it has fallen off. But uh, without further ado, I want to get to this interview with Joe Giannetti so you can kind of hear his perspective on why things went the way that they went. So here's Joe Giannetti on the TSN MMA show. I'm now joined by an Ultimate Fighter Season 27 finalist. That is Joe Giannetti, who was uh, supposed to face Patty Pimblett at Cage Warriors 111. Um, the reason that Joe was supposed to be facing Patty Pimblett is because he accepted the fight on uh, nine days' notice, ten days' notice. Joe, am I correct on that? Yes, sir. Yeah, nine or ten days' notice. Um, unfortunately, coming into a whole different uh, continent, weight was unable to come off. You, you had said you were at 184 pounds when you accepted the fight and had to get down to 156, which is, is no joke. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I was at 184, and, like, I know my body's composition, and I knew a majority of that was fat. So, you know, if I just cut the calories super and just worked my ass off, I knew that I would make that weight no problem. Would that have been the biggest weight cut of your career? Oh, 100%. It was like, we were joking about, like, it was going to be storybook-like, just, like, nine days' notice, 30 pounds, fighting the number one guy in another country. Like, it was some Rocky Four stuff. So how did this come about? Like, when, when did you get the call? Um, when, you know, did they call a bunch of other people first? Why did they come to you? So, you know, a couple of months ago, somebody tweeted at me, and they were like, uh, somebody else at Cage Warriors needed a fight. It was actually Patty's teammate, Adam Venter, Vent something. And they tweeted at me, and they go, Joe, fight anybody? And I was like, you know, that's true. Like, let me know who to talk to. And, you know, Patty responded to talk to these guys, so I did. And I was like, hey, I'll fight this guy for whatever you need. And they were like, you know, it's not really worth it bringing you from the U.S. to fight this guy. And, I, and, like, I think they were kind of saying, like, he's not that big of a draw, so, you know, the money doesn't balance out. And I was like, I get it. Like, it's a business. I was like, no worries. And I was like, but I do see you guys always have people pulling out against Patty Pimblett. I was like, I would love to fight him. I go, so somebody pulls up, make sure you call me up. And then he was like, oh, I think I have somebody for him for November. And I was just kind of like, it was serious, but I was joking around. My last message was like, well, when he pulls out, call me. <laughs> and then I was sitting on the I was sitting on the couch last week, and I was about training was in like an hour and a half, and I was like, all right, I got to eat dinner. Am I going to have a pizza or steak and cheese sub? Because the promoter from Cage Titans has just told me like, you know, our next show is not till January, so that's going to be your next fight. And I was like, all right, I'm going to enjoy the holidays, which I never get to do. I got to enjoy. Uh, Halloween this year was the first time in like six years. I get to enjoy Thanksgiving for the first time in like six years. Christmas, I never get to enjoy any of that stuff. So I was like, you know what? Like, I've been through some shit. I was like, I'm going to enjoy this food, time with my friends and family. Because, you know, people walk on eggshells around me. They're like, oh, I don't want to eat in front of Joe. And I'm like, I'm not going to ruin your time. Right. So they give you the call. Walk me through the last nine days. I mean, really, that's what I think is important to uh, our listener uh, and, and those who follow MMA to give them a sense of exactly, you know, how you got to where you are right now. So the first two people I told was my coach, Bill Mahoney, and my dad. You know, I work for my dad. We work overnight, sometimes morning, sometimes both. And uh, I was like, hey, I just got offered a fight in England. He goes, that's cool. You're not getting work off. And I was like, all right, so it's not that cool. Okay, okay. So I was like, but I need to train twice a day. So I told Bill, Bill was down for the fight, and we took it. And then I worked out my schedule from training and working with my dad. So I was training twice a day. And then I was working overnight. And sometimes, I think it was last, I want to say Wednesday, I trained in the morning. I trained in the afternoon. I went to work that night. And then we had a job at 8 a.m. So I just, we finished the job, the first one at like 6 a.m. We drove right to the next job. We did that. And then I went right to the gym. So, you know, I was training my ass off and still working full time. 
but as far as calories, I had like maybe 200 calories a day. I had two eggs for breakfast and two eggs for lunch and called it a day. So you were keeping the, the weight down. So th- then tell me about, you know, you had mentioned to me before you got on the phone that you didn't even have a passport, that, you know, in, in order to get uh, over to the UK, you needed to do that. And then, you know, walk me through all your travels. Yeah, man. I mean, between doing all that working and working out and low calories, uh, I took the fight and I was like, okay, I'll do it. And then afterwards, one of my friends was like, do you even have a passport? And I was like, oh, I should check on that. So, you know, me and my friends were all Googling, like, can you get a passport overnight, this, this, and this. And Cage Warriors was asking for my passport information. And I was like, I'm going to have one in a couple of days. I promise. Don't worry. There's only 26 passport um, buildings in the United States. And luckily, one of them was in the heart of Boston. So, you know, so now I'm working. I trained in the morning. I did an afternoon job with my dad. And then I drove into the middle of Boston in rush hour. And I had to go sit in the passport office and fill out my paperwork, tell them where I'm going and why. And they were like, we can get you a passport, but I'm not sure if it'll come. It'll be there Monday and you leave Monday. So that's too close. Just come back and pick it up. And I was like, that sounds amazing. So then I leave, get stuck in traffic and go train, do work and the whole spiel. And then Friday I have to go back. So I'm back in rush hour traffic, picking up my passport. I luckily got it. Everybody was awesome. I got back to the gym and I was training. And this was all running on maybe 200 calories every single day. Um, so, you know, but, but I was working so hard, the weight was falling off. It was, like I said, I knew that it was mostly fat because I was getting ready to enjoy the holidays. Um, weight was falling off so fast. I was like, this is going to be almost just like a normal cut. Um, and then Monday we left, I think I had two eggs in the morning and then I worked out and then over the weekend I was moving into my new apartment. So I did that all weekend. And after I worked out, I finished moving. And then the second I finished, I jumped right on the plane. Um, we flew seven hours over and it was 8am when we arrived and we went, we went and started our day. We got, went to a cafe. I got a black coffee, two eggs, and we looked around for a local gym. We kept in touch with cage warriors, but it was still coming off. I was a little heavier than I wanted to be probably like three pounds. So I was getting a little nervous, but we worked so hard that night. Like we were doing pads. We were doing drilling. I was sweating like crazy. I woke up almost exactly where I like to be when I cut weight. Um, and, you know, like I was, I was dying. It was, it was getting tough, but I was like, you know what? We're going to do this. It's going to be fine. And then we went back last night for weigh-ins and we did pads. We did drilling. We walked there. So that was a four mile walk. And then before we did anything, we ran three miles on the treadmill just to start. Um, we did our workout. We went back to the hotel. I woke up today. I was even lighter. I was like, cool. It's still falling off. And I was like, all right, 12 pounds in the sauna. That's no big deal. I've done that before. Uh, I jump in the sauna, you know, it sucks, but it was coming off little by little. Like one session, I think I sweat off two pounds. The next one, it was only like half a pound. And I was like, whatever, as long as it keeps coming. And then about an hour before we had to be back at the hotel for weigh-ins, you know, I got in there and I had the sweet sweat on. We did everything and I was, I was just dry. There was no sweat. And I was like dry heaving. I felt super sick and I was like, no, 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 this is fine. I was like, we're good. And then I jumped out, I wrapped in towels, nothing. We did that three or four times. You know, my teammate, Johnny Campbell, was like, all right, we're going to have to try something else. And I was like, all right, what are we going to do? And he was like, all right, we can get your heart rate going. We'll put the sweet sweat back on you. We'll jump back in the sauna. We do that. He's sitting next to me, and, like, he wipes my back to, like, clean off the sweat, and there's nothing there. And I can just feel his heart sink. And I'm like, all right, I hate to be that guy, but when do we tell the promoter? And he was like, we should tell him now. So we told him. And he didn't answer at first. And I was like, all right, so we'll just keep trying until we have to leave, which we did. And I was just in there 
dying, man. Like after like a minute in there, I'm like ready to get out, but I couldn't do it. My body was just shutting off. Um, we made it back to the hotel. He finally answers us and he's like, we'll figure it out when we get there. And I was like, did you tell Patty? And he was like, no, 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 we'll figure it out. And I was like, well, I feel like he should know. And then we get to weigh-ins and I step on the scale and he acts as if like it was brand new news and Patty starts flipping out. So the promotion didn't, uh, didn't keep him in the loop then? They didn't keep Patty in the loop. I mean, I told him it was, it wasn't like super ahead of time. It was only, I'd say between the time I told him and the time I stepped on the scale was two hours. Cause I had to be back at the hotel early to take their bus to the weigh-ins. So I told him an hour before I had to be back. I was like, I had my coach, my coach actually messaged him. He was like, listen, Joe's out here. He's in the sauna. He's just not sweating. Like he's dying in there. Um, I, I don't know what you want us to do. Like we'll work something out, but he, he's going in and nothing's coming out of him. And there was no answer. So we just kind of winged it and kept trying. Um, and you know, it kind of sucked. Cause like me personally, like I've had opponents to miss weight before. And like, you know, Kate signs always tells me immediately, like, Hey, this guy's on his way but he's going to weigh this. And I'm like, all right. And then I talked to my coach and let him figure it out. So, you know, it kind of sucks that Patty found out the way he did. Um, but he was still just, I tried to talk to him and tell him, like, you want to fight or you don't want to fight? It's on me no matter what. I'm not blaming you. And he was just super disrespectful, mouthing off to me. And I was like, we're here to fight. There's no reason to mouth off. Like, if you want to talk to me like that, we can fight. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't need to get into a verbal verbal disagreement when, you know, within within a day you're going to be able to settle it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, I mean, I felt horrible because, you know, I yelled back at them in the middle of Cage Warriors freaking weigh-ins. And, you know, they're, they're kind of getting pissed, but I'm like, I'm trying to tell this kid. I go, listen, I'm not saying it's anybody else's fault. It is 100, 1 million, 1,000% my fault at the end of the day. That's fine. But just let me know, yes or no, are we going to fight? And if we do fight, cool, you can be mad. If we're not going to fight, don't come at me mouthing off because we can still fight. It just might not be in a cage. Here's my question, though, with, with Patty. Like, if, if you're going to accept a fight on nine days' notice with somebody who's in a different continent, you've got to, in the back of your head, know that their weight cut is going to be dreadful unless they're fighting, like, unless it was at 170 or whatever. You know, you're fighting up a weight class. But for him yeah. to, you know, not have that kind of awareness and, and not think to himself, well, if this guy misses weight, I'm taking it on short notice. I, I want to fight him anyways. He's a name. He was, you know, on the Ultimate Fighter. He's a, a finalist. I just don't understand why he wouldn't think of that as a possibility. I think it's just an ego thing, man. Like, like, I don't blame him for not taking the fight, per se. Like, I get it. You don't want to take the fight? Guess who could have made the fight happen? Me, if I made weight. But it's also one of those things. Just don't mouth off because, yeah, I could have made weight but we could also compromise. And he's online saying that, like, oh, I told Joe to get to 160 and we'd be okay. No, they didn't. They turned around super disrespectful and said, get back in the fucking sauna. And I said, hey, you could take that shit elsewhere. You're not talking to me like that. My teammate Johnny stood up and was like, we're not getting in the sauna. The kid cannot sweat. Like, all these articles I see, like, you know, fighters deceased in boxing. The, this, this girl just died a couple of days ago in kickboxing out here. Um, you got fighters in Japan died from cutting weight. And, you know, you got all these guys that are like, oh, rest in peace. What a young soul. Take him too soon. Da, 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 da. But, you know, when you live through that, it's like, oh, he's weak. He doesn't want it as bad. He doesn't deserve to make the UFC ever again. And it's like, dude, you're playing with people's lives and you really can flip a coin like that? Like, that's just messed up. Yeah, well, that's the main reason I wanted to have you on here is because I don't think that people understand what goes into a weight cut. Um, and, I, you know, I myself haven't, haven't cut weight, but... Being at the fighter hotels and seeing what everybody goes through. And as you mentioned, deaths. You know, there are more deaths 
due to weight cutting in MMA than actual competition, like actual fights. Which that just goes to show yeah, exactly. the danger of of what you know of weight cutting in general, rather than the actual combat itself. Yeah, exactly, man. And like you know, in high school, I did it even more unsafe. I would like, like I would literally just not eat, and then you know, by the time I'm starving myself, I cut like maybe two pounds in my wrestling match. But you know, the biggest thing that helped me was being on the Ultimate Fighter with Cormier and all of them, and they had Lockhart and. Uh, meat nutrition they were telling me this is how you should cut weight and then they actually like laughed when I told them like my old method but like I always try and learn stuff from people so you know I'm almost mastered at cutting weight and I still like took this fight and I knew it wasn't the safest route to cut weight but I knew it would work or I thought it would work and I still it was just such a big opportunity it was like listen if I gotta lose two pounds of muscle to make the weight and be a little weaker than Patty it is what it is but this opportunity is so big that I'll give whatever it takes so this fight's off. I mean, Patty is not going to accept it? No, Patty won't accept it. Uh, he's online telling people he tried to compromise. I'm over here texting Cage Warriors. They're saying he won't compromise. He doesn't want the fight. Uh, he keeps telling me I'm full of it. I'm making fake screenshots. I'm sitting in the hotel lobby. I told him, you can come down here and we can talk as gentlemen, and I'll show you the screenshots because I'm not posting people's personal numbers online. Or you can come downstairs and we can fight. It's, it's up to you. We're in the same hotel, but he's pretending like we're so far from each other. I'm down to talk. I'm down to fight. He's, I don't think he's down for either. All right. Well, this is an unfortunate situation. Obviously, it's the main event of uh, of Cage Warriors uh, 111. Have you have you spoken to the promoter since uh, since all this? Well, you know, what are they, what are they saying? Yeah, you know, I think that. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, like I apologize to him over and over again. Like it sucks, man. Especially you know, you spend all this time and money getting this kid from another country, and then he misses weight. But it's like I couldn't even apologize to him enough. I still think there was like almost a miscommunication where he was like. If you were in trouble cutting weight, you should have come to me sooner. And I was like, no, 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 that's the problem with the whole situation. I wasn't in trouble. My weight cut went great until an hour before I had to meet you for weigh-ins. Everything went great until then. Everybody's telling me, oh, you should have told them as soon as the weight cut went bad. I was like, I did. It just happened to be an hour before I had to see them. Yeah, it's hard to know sometimes when the weight cut is going bad, when it is going south, because it just stops, right? Like the sweating just... For whatever reason, just yeah, it stopped it, coming it, off. It was almost like a switch. It was like I jumped in the sauna and I was like, "Oh wow, it's like kind of hot in here." And then I could like, I thought I felt myself about to sweat, and I was trying to wipe myself off, but it was just a sweet sweat. And I was like, "Okay, it's all in your head. Like you're you're full of it. You're fine. You're about to sweat." You know. Then almost 20 minutes goes by, and I'm not even. There's not even a bead. It wasn't even a drip of sweat. And I'm like, "This is insane." And then I start feeling horrible. And so I was like, "You know what? I'll jump out. I'll go under the towels. I'm not sweating under the towels. We do that two, three more times, same results." And I'm like, "What's going on? My body's just not having it anymore." But you know, I told the promoters, I was like, "Listen, I go, I under, I can only start to understand how mad you are." I go, "But I go, I would love to fight Patty Pimblett and put him unconscious because I can guarantee you, I would knock that kid out in the feet." But if you want to fly me out for a full camp, I'll make the weight. You could pay me less, and I'll fight him. I was like, if you want nothing to do with me ever again, I understand. I was like, but just, I really want you guys to understand how bad I wanted this and how much I put into it. I just don't want anybody to think like, oh, kid, you showed up for a vacation. I'm like, no, I like, I was grinding for this. I, this is the hardest I've worked short notice ever. Well, one thing you, you failed to mention when you were talking about your, uh, your week leading up to this is sleeping. <laughs> it sounded like you, you were working oh, overnight, then oh, going to the gym. <laughs> you thought I sleep? <laughs> Did you get any sleep? The most sleep I've gotten, the most sleep I've gotten is in England. I've, I barely sleep. I sleep like two or three hours a day when I'm at home. Uh, you know, power naps. I, I live off power naps. 
What do you and your dad do? Construction, is it? No, so we clean ventilation systems for restaurants. So we clean all the grease traps and stuff like that. And, you know, they're all busy during the day, and some bars are busy at night. So we could work in the morning before they open. We could work right after they close. And if it's a bar, we could work at 1, 2 a.m. when they get out. Um, but, you know, I'm there all night, and then I'm right to the gym. And it's like sometimes I'm just grinding through a workout on zero sleep. A couple weeks ago, I went two days straight without sleep. It was crazy. Yeah, that does sound crazy. You, you can do some pretty incredible things when you're, uh, you're in your 20s, I hear. Oh, I hope I don't have to do this for the rest of my life because <laughs> this no sleep thing is horrible. Um, my well, friends always like, I'll ask my friends to hang out, and they're like, just go to sleep. I don't even want to hang out with you. I want you to get some sleep. <laughs> well, one last thing I want to ask you about is um, what ended up happening with the UFC? You know, the UFC always talk about how they want finishers. Um, you, you finish John Gunther in 17 seconds. He ends up on the, the UFC roster. Uh, you, you get a first-round finish against Zuniga on the show. Um then against Mike Trezano, who, who's had a, a really good career so far in the UFC, recently had his first loss, but um, you had a split decision with him. So why didn't the UFC bring you on is, is my question. You know, I think it was, it's, it's another situation, you know, when, you know, people can be upset about it for me, which I always appreciate, but it's like, you boil it down at the end of the day, it's, it's my fault. It's like, you know how this fight with Patty could have happened? If I made weight, obviously. You know how I could be in the UFC? If I beat Trezano, obviously. Um, but I think it was also just kind of like, you know, that night, not only was it not my night, I was off. I didn't carry myself the way I normally do. And a lot of my um, actions and motions physically were misread. You know, there was a lot of points in that fight where people were booing me. Some people were like, who is this kid in there? And it's like, you know, it's just, it was kind of some things were who I am and they were misinterpreted. And other things were just things I don't normally do in there. So, you know, I, I just think I carried myself the wrong way that night. Um We've talked to them recently. You know, we're in good standing. They know who I am, obviously. And they're just honestly like, build a resume. Like, good guys, show us you can beat them. Put a streak together. We'll see you soon. Is there any chance that you could end up on the contender series or something along those lines? Uh, I hope so. I mean, a lot of people are like, he doesn't deserve the contender. He should be in the UFC. And I was like, maybe. But like, if, if Sean Shelby says, hey, you're on the contender, that guess what? I'm on the contender. Um, you know, I, I make those shirts that a lot of people think is like just like a funny joke I made, like Jannetty versus anyone. It's serious. Like I just flew out to another country to try and fight their poster boy, um, and I know for a fact he's getting paid more than I am. I offered him a hundred percent of my show money. I'm like, dude, what more do you want from me? Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to reconcile. You don't want to make the fight, whatever. But if they go, hey, we got a guy that we really want to sign to the UFC, and I feel like I'm getting almost trying to build a hype train. They bring me on the contender. Well, I'm gonna derail that hype train and choke him out. You know. So it's whatever the UFC tells me I need to do, I'll do it. They say jump, I'll say how high. Sorry, so you offered Pimblet 100% of your, of your show money? Mm-hmm. I said, at first, in the contract, it says up to 50%. And I told them not, take the whole thing. I'm not here for the money. I'm not here to be like, this guy, I'm going to beat him and get to the UFC. I'm here to beat Patty Pimblet so that I can go back to my friends in America and say, hey, guess what? I can beat the best guy in Europe on a week's notice. So do you know that Pimblet was told that you were offering that to him? Oh, I said it to them. Me and, his, me and their team got into it, and I told them, take as much money as you want, 100%, 50%. I don't care. I think you can take whatever you want. Wow, well, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty incredible. Um, well, Joe, thanks for yeah, clearing this up. It's, just, it's one of those things that's just like, you want it or you don't. Well, I appreciate you clearing that up. Um, and thanks for your time. I, I appreciate, I appreciate all this. I appreciate you helping me. Yeah, well, it's not a matter of helping you. It's, it's more a matter of just letting people be empathetic for what a fighter goes through uh, in order to take a short-notice fight. And, you know, a lot of the times when fighters miss weight, if they have a full camp, you know, and people are critical of it, I get it. Like, you know, in that situation, if you have a full camp, 
you probably should have done a little bit more planning and, and come into fight week you know, at a, at a weight where you know you're going to be able to get it off. But taking a fight on short notice in another continent, is uh, that's a tall task. 100%. Let me, let me tell you how my week's going to go when I get back from, from this trip. My wrestling coach that I had in high school, he was my coach for one year, my senior year only. We had a wrestling match on a Wednesday night, and he said, you need to make weight. And I said, obviously. Then the matches got canceled, and he said, we're going to have practice, but you still need to make weight. And I was like, what are you talking about? We're, not, we're just practicing. He said, I want you to stay ready. You're going to make weight, or you're going to run laps the entire practice. I wrestled at 170. I showed up at 170.2, and I ran around that gym for two hours straight because I missed weight at a practice. So, so, so I'm in trouble when I go home. <laughs> with your wrestling coach? Yeah, he, he trains at my gym. He's the one that got me into MMA. So, you know, he's already been messaging me. He's like, can't wait to see you. <laughs> wow. So on top of it all, you're going to have to run sprints when you get back. That's good. Oh, it's not going to be fun. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, I appreciate you uh, you doing this, and uh, uh, best of luck with whatever's next. I'm sorry that this uh, didn't end up happening, especially with you offering 100% of your fight purse. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, no problem, man. Like I said, you have a big platform. I appreciate you letting me get my voice out on it anytime. You've always been a real one with me. Uh, have a good night, man. A big thank you to Joe Gianetti again. Tomorrow's show will be up. Myself, uh, Shane Burgos, talking about uh, his recent uh, fight as well as a lot of MMA topics. The guy follows MMA as closely as any fighter in the sport uh, and loves talking about all of the different ongoing you know, fights, storylines, etc., making predictions you know, and all of that. And uh, I wanted to talk to Robin Black because after Jan Bojovic versus um, Jacare Souza this past weekend in uh, Sao Paulo kind of didn't deliver in the main event. I mean, kind of as an understatement, didn't deliver in the main event. Uh, I want to just hear Robin's take as as a former fighter, as someone who analyzes the sport, about whether it's fair to call a fight boring, whether it's fair to the fighters, whether it's something that you should be able to say if if you're not getting in there yourself. I don't know what his opinion on that's going to be, but we will find that out tomorrow on the TSN MMA show. Thanks to Joe Gianetti for joining me on short notice, especially uh, having probably not fully replenished after what sounds like it was a dreadful weight cut. Um, and we appreciate that, and we appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.